This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. An Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. It has Jordan. Allen shakes Gray gets two! to go in the first quarter for the Cow Palace. Here's Barry. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast. I am Jason Mann and with me as usual is Rich Krejci. Rich, we're here. It's over. The uh, But not, over's not the good because that makes it seem like I want it to be over. Yeah. And not that I don't, <laughs> but yeah. Well, what's the best way to say we, we've reached a, we've reached the end, and it's a good thing. Yes, we, I mean I'm happy, but I'm also sad. I, what do you? What do you? What's the word? I don't know. Uh, are, are we melancholy about it? Are we? Maybe, yeah, yeah. like a bit like jaded. Yeah, I don't know. Or no, no, not jaded. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe our feelings... it's kind of in between. Like it's like it's 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 good. I'm glad it's over, but I'm like, oh, now what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with my life now? <laughs> I'm, what else are we gonna talk about? I, I like, think we'll think we'll think of things. You know, we've reached the peak. We're over. We There's no more basketball history to do. We've done it. <laughs> it's all done. It's over. So this is our our final episode. <laughs> uh, right. We we've reached the not of the podcast ever. The but, literal end of basketball history. Yes today the um our our top 50 uh revealing our choices for our top 50 we've been doing this all season um for those who are just joining us now i can't imagine why you just be joining us now but if you are um we've been talking about the original greatest 50 players and um and then talking about um modern or overlooked candidates and their um you know their strengths and weaknesses of their cases and we finally reached our conclusion i think we have a pretty good list um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, uh, we're hoping to get some interaction from this. We have a hashtag it, it on Twitter, OB 50 five zero OB five zero, uh, hashtag. If you, um, are listening to this and you want to tweet along or you want to share some, some thoughts afterward, you can also go to our, our Facebook page at over and back NBA and, um, you can leave comments there. We also have over and back NBA.com our, um, our forums where you could, there'll be a post there where you can uh, give feedback. It'll be in a pretty obvious place under our top 50 section. So uh, any of those places are good. And, you know, if we get enough, we might do sort of a, just a reaction final thoughts show on our top 50, but, um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. So I hope we would love to hear from people obviously, and we'll, we'll get into arguments if you want to, hopefully there'll be nice ones, but um, yeah, I don't think we're going to be super contentious. There's going to be probably a few things that people see, Hmm. but I, you know, I do think that we did as good of a job as we could, like um, thinking about it on from a lot of different angles and of making the best cases that we could with the evidence that we had and in the sort of the time frame and the limitations that we had. I, I, I think, you know, I feel good about our, our process and I, I think yeah. the results, you know, speak for themselves. Right. Yeah, there's a few things. We'll, we'll get to those. And there's some few things that, you know, when it's all said and done, when you look at the list and, you know, break it down by, you know, decades and stuff, there's some things where, you know, and we'll talk about one era. The 70s is one that, you know, possibly we, we might have missed, you know, some here and there. But I think, you know, position wise, you, you broke it down and it's actually like remarkably pretty even, which is is, is crazy. And uh, like decades, we, we do pretty, pretty solid, I think, decade wise. And we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But yeah, by and large, I mean, it, it, it it took a lot of sort of figuring out these last little pieces, which which I assumed it was going to be. I mean, we had our, what, 43 pretty well set, and then it was those last seven where we, you know, we had the show uh, that you guys probably just listened to, or, uh, you know, just recently listened to, um, where we kind of 
did our arguments for the last seven or whatever. It still took a little while to kind of figure out, hey, who are we going to sort of compromise on and how are we going to do that last seven? But I, I, I'm very happy with our list, too. I, I think it's solid and I think it's 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 very well rounded. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, we had to take some guys off from the original list or whatever. But I think we represented pretty much all eras of basketball and at least all you know, generations of basketball pretty well in my mind. Yeah, I I, I think there's a, a, a good balance. And we were certainly I think we were keeping that in mind as we were making our choices. But it wasn't like we sat down and said, OK, we, we need to fill these quotas. And right. There wasn't like a Google Doc. We're like, all right, well, we have too many people from the 80s. So <laughs> someone's got to go. We like we hit our 10 in the 80s like they were done there. No, like we 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 kind of just did it freehand. I mean, all we had was kind of a list. So to have it be as remarkably kind of consistent over errors and position is, is pretty good. I mean, I I. I like yeah, like you said, I never thought of that at any point of like, uh oh, why are we already have like six power forwards? We can't have this one or whatever. Like there were times where we talked about, hey, this guy's you know a top five shooting guard, and you know presumably you could put him on this sort of list, or he's a top five you know power forward or whatever. But I think we always try to look at it in the general scope of of you know their entire contribution to the game, not necessarily what position they played, but then to come out you know the way we did is is is, is remarkable. It's it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. So. Um so we we'll go through the guys that are that were on the official greatest um, NBA players list that we took off of our list. Um, just for reference, we'll maybe get, talk about a few of these guys a little bit as we you know get into the the new players on our list. But we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. So and I, go ahead. I will tell you not to, not to interrupt you, but one thing: um, if if you're just jumping in now, and I know we have a bunch of new followers uh, as a result of something that was really awesome on the. Uh, on Reddit, it's Adam Mayers. I think it's Mayers is yep. how you pronounce it. Did his NBA PhD thing. He did it last year. It's essentially just a big long list of like Twitter accounts to follow and, and cool people in basketball or whatever. It's really, really cool. It's a great resource and it helped us build kind of our you know follower base uh, when we started off or whatever. But uh, he this year put us in year two. We are in the basketball history bracket. It's Curtis Harris, you, me, and the show account, which is... I kind of felt like they should put Curtis in his own little thing and then make a special <laughs> thing for us. Like, oh, yeah, there's also this over in the back podcast thing, which is pretty cool. But still, that's really awesome. I know we've seen, um, you know, a number of, uh, of followers jump in and on. So one thing I was going to tell you, though, is this if this is your first show. You're just jumping into this project. I would definitely recommend if you don't want to go back through all the shows because we, we did a lot. And if you're like, oh, geez, that's overwhelming. Maybe like pick and choose guys you want. But definitely listen to that intro show we did with Curtis. I think that gives you a good idea. A, the history of the, the original list. Uh, and, and a little bit about us discussing those people on the original list. So it's our, our, our first few shows. I would definitely recommend if you're just jumping in right now. But other than that, listen to all of them is what you really should do. But, you know, if, if you have finite amount of time, yeah. then, you know, those are the ones and, I would recommend. And if, you know, one nice thing about our podcast is like, you know, you don't have to listen to it right away. Like you can listen to it for a year from now. It's going to be right. about as valid as it, as it is right now. So if you're, you know, just want to save those episodes and get to it next summer or what, what have you, if the, you know, too many NBA podcasts this season is starting, we understand. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll get into it. Um, so the players that were removed from the original list are in alphabetical order, uh, tiny Archibald, uh, Dave DeBusher, Dave Bing, Dave Cowens, a lot of Dave's there. Um, Hal Greer, <laughs> Elvin Hayes, Jerry Lucas, Pete Maravich, Earl Monroe, Robert Parrish, Willis Reed, Nate Thurmond, Bill Walton, Lenny Wilkins, and James Worthy. Um, any of those guys that you particularly feel like, ooh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, like you feel particularly bad about not including on our list? Yeah, I, I think a few of the names that come out, you know, to my mind right away, James Worthy is one that I think a lot of people will sort of, when you say that, they're going to kind of look at we i mean I, I think we did our due diligence on worthy and i think he's a great 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 player but i mean when we're doing a top five you know or top 50 list or whatever there are going to be guys like that and he's one that i think you know we re- i think we did a good job of looking at him and saying like look he, he was very very good but for the purposes of this list you know he, he might be on the outside looking in so i could see him causing a lot of issues uh robert parish is one too that was kind of interesting i know um when we were doing the show about him or at least a little segment about him uh, he was one that really he was weird because he's got so much longevity and he's got so many things and he just seems like an important player in history. But it just seemed like he didn't quite fit. Um, the, the peaks probably either. weren't high enough for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, like like there there was things there, but it wasn't. I, I the, the case. I don't think the resume was was great. Uh, the other two that that come to my mind right away, um, Elvin Hayes and Hal Greer as well, are ones where it's like ah, like Hal Greer especially. I, I know I'm a little weary on and, and Elvin Hayes as well. And that could just be me also, you know, the bias of, you know, when I was born and, and the era I look at or whatever. But he's one that I could see a few people kind of going like, nah, those guys should definitely. I, I Maybe, maybe Hal Greer even a little bit more than Elvin Hayes. But 
those are those at least are the four that that jumped out to my mind right away. Yeah, Hayes, I think with the longevity that that's one where sure. um you know and he was pretty much a superstar of his era. Then the advanced stats really didn't like him a lot, and he, he just kind of got knocked behind you know a bunch of guys. And I think really there's a you know there's quite a few guys in the um you know in the last twenty years who have played who've just kind of surpassed him and you know kind of had a similar role to, that he did so i think he was kind of the victim of that i think willis reed and dave cowens you know both guys yeah. won mvps um but both guys had rel- you know were very good for a few years but had relatively short careers um which i think is kind of the way that we um the reason we knocked them off and, and i think the, the the 70s were were definitely the decade that was hurt the most by uh, you know what we did kind of editing our list but you know for whatever reason that's just kind of the, the way that it um that it fell you know um for better or for worse so uh i, I know maravich is gonna be one as well that people will probably yeah though they shouldn't because if you really look at it but yeah he's gonna be one that people that don't really are, aren't as like you know statistically minded or whatever you know haven't read a lot of the that's going to be an initial one where people are going to go like, oh, my God, it's got to be. You have to put Pete Maravich in there. And it's like, nah, if you really do your due diligence and really look at him, not really. But, yeah, I, but he's one where I'm sure we're going to get people that are going to tweet Yeah, him. that's I, I think we'll, we'll bring him up again in just a little bit with one of the guys that we did pick and maybe mm-hmm. some of the differences between those two. Because I think they, there's interesting parallels between those two. So um, so going through the uh, the new list. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, you know, probably the greatest career uh, of all of all time in the NBA, if not, you know, certainly one of the greatest players. But just the longevity and all that just was completely awesome. Um, Paul Arizin, the forward for the uh, Warriors in the 1950s, one of the great players of his day, still really stands up um, pretty well for um, what he achieved. And even his career was shortened because of a couple years in the Marines, I believe. So military service. So, you know, could have even been greater, but was certainly a great player. Charles Barkley is number three, uh, Rick Barry, number four, Elgin Baylor, number five, Larry Bird, number six. And then our first new entry on this list, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, a no brainer. I mean, yeah, I'd be shocked if any. I mean, you can't really argue. No, (laughs) I mean, that's that's unless you really staunchly hate um, Kobe. Um, And I don't really like him. Yeah, I probably probably staunchly hate him. But still, I mean, I mean, come on. That's just you can't. Yeah, he's I mean, by any any standard, he's, you know, one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. Definitely no brainer for this list, which we even said, you know, we didn't even do an individual episode because it was so clear for him. Um, So number eight, Wilt Chamberlain. Number nine, uh, Bob Cousy, who was somebody we, you know, wrestled with a little bit. The, The numbers weren't quite there, but we just thought the influence and just yeah. the um you know, the honors that he had during his career i mean he had like 10 uh, you know first team all nba yeah the hardware was insane yeah. like uh, of his time i mean you, you you can look at advanced stats and look at you know how his effective field goal percentage and all that sort of stuff and well i think that's important to look at i mean you look at a guy who his peers just thought so so highly of him he was such a big impactful player for his era and just had so much influence on the game as well so yeah. it'd be crazy not to have a list right. you know had this list without and, him so and it's kind of the difference between him and maravich a little bit you know, maravich is kind of a yeah i i think of them you kind of similar because of the flashy ball handling and, and you know some of the skills that they had um obviously Maravich is more of a scorer but uh yeah. but I, I think just Kuzi you know Maravich wasn't honored in his era the same way that Kuzi was I mean it's not even close so right um and and Maravich never really won either and Kuzi obviously be one of the great winners of all time so um number 10 Clyde Drexler uh number 11 uh, new entry on our list Kevin Durant and uh, I think the only knock against him is maybe he didn't quite have enough uh, I I know you were kind of wrestling with that. I, I was pretty comfortable, but you know, is anything that kind of cinched you at the end for him? Uh, not really. I mean, there there was a few things. I mean, I'm always I always wrestle with that idea of putting a guy in before they've sort of finished their career and that sort of stuff. And that's not to say that you know anything that he could do. It, it for me, I just have this weird thing with putting guys in. I feel like it's more disingenuous. I, I I just like kind of putting guys in when, once they've sort of played out their career, or at least got reached their peak. I think, or you know, it, it's they've done they've reached their pinnacle in the game. We've seen all they can really do. I mean, there's guys that can add stuff, and we'll talk about a guy here in a little bit who you know might have a few more years in the league, but it's like okay, well, there's nothing more he could really do that would make him you know a no doubter here. But Kevin Durant, I mean, when you really look at it, I mean that he, he absolutely is. I mean, at this point of his career. You asked the the question, I think, and I know you guys asked this to me is, you know, if you retired tomorrow, would you put him in this list? And I, yeah, he, he would. And and when you sort of think about that and you go, oh, OK, I, why am I being, you know, I'm overthinking this. Just, yeah, Kevin Durant, he, he's 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 great. He's awesome. He's 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 already setting records and he's, you know, not even close to his 30s yet. So, no, he, he's absolutely there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agreed for me, obviously. And um, but I, I, it is interesting. I think he's probably 
only person on this list who probably um, can still reach greater heights than he's ever reached in career. Um, you maybe yeah, one- and that, that's I always I always feel weird about voting guys in like that, but he he really has already set the standard in a lot of yeah. ways. But you know what I mean? Like it, I just feel like it'd be cooler or like better. I'd feel better about it if in like five years we're like, oh yeah, remember he led the Thunder to a title and won you know three MVP. You know, sure. something like that would feel better. Where we had, we don't have all of that yet, and it kind of feels weird. But we're gonna have. I mean something we're, we're going to get good stuff coming soon. So it, it, it's fine. I mean, I don't think if, if he has like a horrible injury and never plays again, I still think we're okay putting, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like if we put Penny Hardaway on that 96 list and we're like, Ooh, sorry. <laughs> like we didn't know, like it, it you know, so I'm, I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um, next is also a new entry in the list. Uh, number 12, Tim Duncan. And uh, obviously, um, you know, maybe arguably the best resume of anybody since the original list in the last 20 years. I mean, it's uh, he probably him or um, or LeBron, you know, um, I guess there are probably people who would who might say Kobe. But I I, I think that um, you know, Duncan's resume is stronger than Kobe's, especially with uh, Duncan's, you know, last strong last three years where Kobe has you know, unfortunately dealt with the injuries. Yeah, and Duncan's a guy as well that, that I actually was just mentioning before with Durant, where we've sort of seen his highest highs, but he's still got a few more years to kick, you know, go, and, and he's still really good, too. So yeah, it's, that's true. It's yeah. just an amazing career, but he's another no-doubter. I mean, we didn't have a show about him. We didn't really talk about him because it's like, come on, <laughs> you know, well, what's the point? No no one would argue that in the world that Tim Duncan doesn't belong on this list. So sure. absolutely no-doubter. Uh, number 13, uh, Julius Irving. Uh, number 14, uh, Patrick you who we'd, we'd wrestled with a little bit, just kind of where he uh, placed among, you know, the the great centers of all time. And, and he, he made it. He was, I think, a little bit more toward the end of it, but still, you know, excellent career, um, you know, where he kind of fit along with, you know, guys like Bob Lanier and, and, and guys like that was just kind of the question. It's, it's hard to weigh, but I think he had enough longevity, had enough, um, you know, led, led enough very good teams, um, you know, I, a stout defender, all that good stuff. You know, yeah. Was able to make oh, and moves. the influence thing speaks for himself too. I think in a lot of ways, you know, if you need that extra little jump for him, the influence is absolutely there. I mean, he's he's an iconic, iconic player. You know, and you know, and not just his ABA stuff too. It also a little bit of his NBA. Of course, the ABA stuff helps. And, and we, as we mentioned, we're sort of wrestling with that of sort of adding it in, you know, cautiously, not maybe going, you know, one for one on ABA and NBA stuff, but like the influence argument for me for Irving is, is fantastic. Oh, so oh, yeah. if you need that extra little push with him, you, you got that too. Yeah, so. he, absolutely. No question. Yeah. And then 14, Patrick Ewing, um, who, you know, had a strong case was one of our, kind of our last guys in there, but definitely deserving. Um, yeah. 15, uh, Walt Frazier, a great point guard for the uh, Knicks and a colorful character, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, really, um, I, th- I think kind of underrated when it comes to the um, you know top notch point guards. I mean, I think he's right in that category, not quite with Magic and Oscar, but but right next, you know, um, in that category. I mean, he was, he was he does seem kind of lost, which is shocking considering you know where he played and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But he does kind of get lost in those conversations, which is is odd because you really and like when we did you know our our talk about him or whatever. I mean, you look at his the numbers are great. Uh, the influence stuff is great. The success is great. You know, and, and it appears like the, it's he's got a great, great resume. And it, it's you're right. He he sh- he should get talked about as one of the best point guards of all time. And he, he he doesn't seem like he does. He's not in that upper echelon. And and there's a good argument that he he should be. Absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, number sixteen, another uh, new entry, uh, Kevin Garnett. And um, I don't know, not much to say about KG. I mean, obviously, a, a tremendous f- force on uh, both sides of the ball has had a great long career. Um, and uh, at his peak, you know, had a couple of just, you know, of the most amazing individual seasons of almost any player in um, in history. Yeah, I think 04 in particular, it was just just a monster. And, um, you know, it pretty much checks every box. There's not really, uh, you know, any problem there. Yeah, I I could see maybe somebody bringing some issue or something, but there I I doubt it. I mean, he's he's pretty much a no doubter for me. Yeah, I I, I mean I I don't think anybody would argue that he should be on. I um maybe I would hope you know, not. Whether It'd be, be bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they had so, a real big bias over like recent history or whatever, but I mean, man, you look at a guy from like '95 until basically, what do you want to say about a year ago? I mean, he's really fallen now. Uh, maybe about two yeah, years two ago, years maybe ago, probably, 95 right. to about two years ago. I mean, this guy was just a killer. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, th- those mid 2000s, his MVP year in particular, and what he was able to do with Boston and transforming that team immediately into a title contender, yeah. you know, as being the best player on that team. I mean, yeah, he, he's a no doubt. Absolutely. So, uh, number 17. Now, I think this one might be the most contentious of any yes. guys that we pick, but, uh, Pau Gasol. Yeah, I argued it. That was my big argument, but yeah. And, um, but I, you know, I do, you, you know, you compare him to some of the 
Eggman that we uh, left off, you know, um, uh, um, Alvin Hayes and Dave Cowens and uh, and Reed and um, even Bob Lanier, who we, we, we strongly consider, but ultimately did not make the list. And I, I do think like, you know, the, the peaks for him are actually pretty, you know, are, are on a similar level to those guys. And, you know, he he was the you know second best player on two championship teams um made three finals uh you know it has similar resumes in terms of like winning championships and importance of role as you know those those other guys particularly Cowan and Reed has better longevity his peak seasons are you know at, at a at a similar level it, it's difficult to kind of compare because they're different eras and yeah. in and Powell's never really a first team all NBA and, and not certainly not an MVP candidate but um so I, you know, I still have kind of wrestle with it a little bit, but I, you know, I think he's a good choice. Yep, I, I do too. So we'll, uh, you're right. He probably will be one that a lot of people question. That'll be fun. It'll be good to look at the arguments. Maybe we'll have a camp. We'll have camps for him, the pro Gasol and the, and the, and the anti Gasol. But we'll, we'll see. He is definitely a, a one that sort of sticks out. But but I think once you really look at the resume and, and compare it and, and, of course, you know, listen to our argument show and that sort of stuff, you'll, you'll at least see the case for him in a little way. But uh, so uh, as a reminder for anyone who is interested in um, you can use the hashtag OB50, OB5 yep. for um, uh, if you want to tweet us or just tweet the hashtag, we'll see it. Um, also over and back NBA uh, dot com. If you uh, want to uh, check out our uh, forums where you can uh, leave comments as well, either on uh, there, there's a there's a thread for POW and there's a thread for top 50 in general. Either way, just, uh, you know. Uh, leave what you want, and we'd be interested in uh, feedback on that or anything related to um, the project or anything related to the podcast or anything related to NBA history. We're we're open to basically anything. So uh, next, 18, George Gervin. um, uh, You know, really the the case for him is scoring, but it's just so good that, um, you know, we we, we left him on um, without too much reservation. Um, number 19, uh, another newcomer, although, um, overlooked initially, we feel artist Gilmore. I mean, just, he really did have an, um, you know, an amazing seventies and, um, and a very good eighties too, you know, for, you know, it had, had good longevity, incredible rebounder, incredible force, great, great shot blocker. Um, we just oddly overlooked on the initial team. I, I think definitely should have been there and, um, and, I, I just really strong case to be on this list, and you know I, I feel good that he's there. Yeah, certainly. I, I know um, if you listen to our episode about him, or at least the parts where we sort of talked about him, is one of the big things we wrestled with is, of course, the ABA numbers and what we do with that. And you know, like I said, we're, we don't we're not going to count the ABA numbers as if they're NBA numbers, like they're, they're sort of. But you look at a guy like that, and even if you have his ABA numbers, if you if you know if you just want to do something arbitrary like that, they're still spectacular. I mean, he was just so so good. And you talk about one of the most efficient, best scores around the basket. You know, the 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 shooting percentage was fantastic, and and like you said, I think it, it, it the, the point is that he what he didn't just come out of the ABA jump in the NBA have like one or two good years and then blow away or whatever I mean this guy was still pretty damn good until he was just a you know almost until he left the league even the rigor mortis you know Chicago Bulls era artist Gilmore could still score and rebound over you he just you know was very very slow like it it took a little while for him to get to the other side of the court but still like he 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 never lost those skills and he had those until you know what the you know 1983 or 84 85 I mean they, like th- there's a lot there to like with artist Gilmore I, I'm very very happy with him on the list and I, I would be shocked if anybody argued and if they do that's fine but but go look at go look at his numbers and I think you'll see the case for him is is definitely there I mean artist I artist is a guy who belongs for sure yeah uh, number 20, uh, John Havlicek, uh, one of the uh, great defenders and, um, and and swingmen of his era, eight championships. Um, I, I think you had some questions kind of him with him early, but, uh, you know, we kind of just you know, with with, mm-hmm. with the incredible defense and just, you know, kind of the I mean, even though some of the um, you know, efficiency wasn't quite there, but just the longevity was great. And he was an elite player for long enough that we, we felt good about, yeah. you know, um, having him in. The longevity is huge for him, and that definitely put him over the top for me. Yeah. Uh, number 21, man, I don't know, maybe some controversy, maybe not, um, Allen Iverson. And, um, you, you know, for him, did not a lot of longevity, um, although, although you know, I mean, stronger, not not a lot, I guess I would say not a lot of longevity for his era, but for overall NBA longevity, I, you know, it was okay. Um, yeah. And it took a while for him to get going. I mean, when you talk about like peak longevity, maybe then you could sort of make an argument because yeah. we're, we're talking maybe, you know, nine, 99 until, you know, 2004 and even 2004. I mean, he yeah. was already starting well, out of fall yeah. down a little bit, maybe 2004 or five, yeah. six, somewhere I, in that range. He, he had some pretty strong years in Denver um, yeah. through like 06, 07. So I think he was. Yeah. Okay. I'll go 06. Yeah. 07. I think I, that's fine. He, 
had like eight or nine years where he was, you know, a, you know, a top tier player, which is, you know, mm-hmm. which, which isn't bad. Um, you know, a lot of it's influence. And a lot of it is style and a lot of it is just, you know, it's, he's kind of indispensable to the air to an extent. Um, yeah, I think for for him, um, you know, he's a guy where, like, I think people might make the argument, well, if Iverson's on here, then, you know, Maravich has a good argument because, you know, um, you know, because because Iverson advanced stats and some of his numbers aren't aren't that strong. But I do think that there's more evidence that what Iverson did, you know, was more conducive to winning than what Maravich did, you know, given they had different contests, they had different teammates. But, you know, Maravich was on some pretty had some talent on his teams and couldn't do much with it where Iverson, um, you know, um, took teams that didn't out really necessarily have talent, but, um, were well designed and were able to kind of build around him. And I, I think there's more evidence that he carried his teams to success than there, there is for Maravich, despite, you know, Agreed. the individual brilliance for Maravich. Yeah. I'm hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, number 22, uh, Sam Jones, 10 rings with the uh, Celtics, uh, great clutch shooter, um, really good advanced stats. The, the, the thing with him was didn't play a lot of minutes, but I, I think we decided that, you know, he was just such an important contributor to those teams that we we felt good about him. Uh, 23, Magic Johnson, uh, not too much argument against that. <laughs> uh, 24, Michael Jordan, also pretty good. Um, 25, uh, another guy who's pretty good, new on the list, uh, LeBron James. So, that's a good little run that we've yeah. had. Though. Those last three guys are like <laughs> top five all-time players. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty right. good. There, top ten. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah, but maybe top five. I mean, that's that. You know, we don't want to, we're not ranking them. Thank good. I don't want to do that. No, then someone's going to be like, you thought LeBron's top five? Yeah. You know, I I'd right. stay away from that. Yeah. I did not say that. <laughs> I said top ten. If you want to, okay. Yeah. But that's going to still. What do you mean, LeBron's top ten? Yeah. I, I don't know. At this point, I think pretty much. I think yeah, it is too. I, I, but if I if I said top fifty, right? If, oh, we're still going to get people that are like, I don't know. He really, I mean, he hasn't won a lot yet. <laughs> are any of those people still left, or they've basically I, been? I, I don't think. Yeah, they wouldn't listen to our show if that were. Good. That's true. Yeah, you're so. right. You're right. Uh, number 26, another newcomer, uh, Jason Kidd. And, um, you know, he uh, really great long career as a great, um, you, you know, point guard, really one of the top tier point guards of both the 90s and the 2000s. I mean, that, that longevity is really great. Um, you know, uh, was able to kind of turn around uh, some teams and, and direct some offense and, and one of the best uh, defensive point guards of all time, just, you know, yeah. one case. So oh, it wasn't too hard once we really looked at it, um, even though a lot of great guard, uh, particularly point guard candidates, um, you know, that, that was kind of a hard one to sift through a little bit. Um, yeah, I, 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 the thing I really like about Jason Kidd is the story he reinvented his career about halfway through. You know, you have the, the period at the beginning where he's still trying to kind of figure out how to become a point guard. You know, he had some attitude issues and stuff. Then you have, you know, the New Jersey, his big peak where he became a superstar or whatever. And then you just start to get him sort of floating around on there in a little while, still being great, and then going to Dallas and sort of changing a lot about what he was and, you know, turning them into a title contender and a title winner uh, pretty immediately. And then, you know, the, the, it falls down pretty quick after that. But I think the longevity is just absolutely there. We talk about a guy from from essentially, you know, 1997, 98 or whatever until, you know, 2011, who was just the one of the, if not the best point guard, you know, consistently uh, in that era. So, yeah, he, he's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Um, number 27, Carl Malone, uh, one of the best power forwards of all time. Another, excuse me, another guy with incredible longevity and just a great player. Number 28, Moses Malone, uh, the Malones. Um, obviously, you know, one of the greatest rebounders of all time, had an incredible uh, peak, won three MVPs. Uh, and uh, we did more in a recent episode right after he uh, died, uh, looking back at his career, which I, if anyone hasn't heard that, I recommend you uh, check that out. Had a really good conversation with uh, Curtis Harris and Matt Moore about his career. Um, number 20. I believe it. Uh, sorry. And that's a, one more thing about Malone that I thought was really sure. good. And I was doing some research for uh, the HB preview, which uh, the HB NBA season preview, which is you can find right now. Uh, just check on the internet. I'm sure you can find it somewhere yes. on there. I'm sure we'll be linking it a lot on our Twitter account and also the uh, Harvard Paroxysm Twitter account. But uh, I, I actually was tasked with doing something about records, like all-time records and which ones can be broken, you know, this year, who's in, you know, who, who's in danger of getting their records broken or whatever. And so I, I did Moses Malone just to look at, because obviously, I mean, his offensive rebound numbers are just insane. They're, they're like, they're like next level crazy. So I looked and I said, okay, who's next closest? Who's the next current guy that's close? And it's Tim Duncan is the next closest. Uh, all Tim Duncan has to do is average what he's averaging right now in offensive rebounds for 10 more years and then he'll be able to tie Moses Malone so uh if in in 2025 Tim Duncan I think he'll be like 54 or something like that uh keeps up his offensive rebounding pace he could then maybe 
can uh, tie Moses Malone, but until then, I believe Moses will have it. There you go. Yeah, of course, the rest of his life. So. The only guy who I think could last long enough to actually maybe do that would be Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan. Yeah, he could be like, how many more years? Six. Yeah, yeah I could there do you that. Go. Like, like in four years, they're like, oh, you yeah. know, you're only six years away from. Uh, but yeah, that he could uh, like a 54 year old like Tim Duncan. Yeah. Well, he, like, you know, no, he'd be like 48. He'd be like 40 to 49, which is still obviously crazy, but a little bit less crazy. I guess yeah, I guess so, now yeah, I think so. Maybe. Oh okay, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, okay, you're right. All right. I mean, he's still it's not happening, but you know, it's it's, <laughs> no, it it's fun to imagine. Uh so number 29, uh Kevin McHale, um you know, great obviously second banana for the Celtics, but really an incredible second banana. Um I mean, and a guy who we think, you know, could have carried his team in certain situations. Um and you know just had a great had a great peak had a good longevity just had a had a great career not not a not a hard one there um number 30 george mikan obviously the first uh nba's first great superstar um won five out of six championships uh just you know was the greatest greatest player of his era by far um number 31 uh New on the list, Steve Nash. Uh, of course, uh, you know, we've, we've done a, a couple episodes. We did the individual player episode on Steve Nash. We also did a long, uh, a long form episode when uh, Steve Nash retired. So we've we've covered him in depth. Uh, we don't need to go into it all again. But directed, you know, the best offense in the league for like nine straight seasons. Just you know, incredible. Uh, the shooting and passing, just um, you know, out of this world. And uh, another guy with uh, out of this world shooting and passing, number thirty-two, Chris Paul. Um, Another guy, um, you know, there might be some who might say uh, it's maybe a little soon for him. And you know, there's going to be a little bit of the playoff success, I guess, or the lack of it for on him. But, I mean, he's just, just been an incredible player. He, he and Nash, I think, have, have oh, similar yeah. cases. Nash, obviously, you know, his career's over. Paul still has things to do. But, um, you know, just both. Uh, Paul's had an insane career. Yes. I mean, you really I think I think if you just sort of initially if I told you, hey, Chris Paul's a top 50 player in NBA history, you kind of look at me like, I don't it really. No, I don't know about yet. But like if you really really go and look at him and look at how he ranks amongst point guards and in a number of different categories, number of different stats. You can say, you know, maybe he doesn't pass the eye test immediately, but man, on like on a statistical front and an analytical front and that sort of stuff, I mean, he's just an absolute no-brainer, I think, for this. He's he's just so, so, so good. Maybe doesn't get, you know, surprisingly doesn't get enough credit as being like, I, I don't know if people appreciate that they're watching an all-time great point guard. You know, when they're watching him, I, I, I don't know. Maybe the people do. I, I, I think in the moment we sort of think he's good, but I don't know if we really know how good he is quite yet. It might take him, you know, retiring or having that sort of maybe it's that long playoff run, like you said, that makes it when people find like, oh, Jesus, this guy's been really, really good for a really long time. Like he's he's really impressive. But, yeah, we, I don't know if we're quite there yet, unfortunately, with him. But but he, he belongs on this list for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another great point guard, uh, number 33, Gary Payton. Good little run of point guards. Yeah, here. exactly. And Ash, Paul and Payton. I like right. It. And he, yeah, his peak was uh, um, he, he, better than I remembered it being, and he really did. I mean, you know, you know, Sean Kemp was was great, and Detlef Shrimp, and you know, the Sonics had some good teams, but he was really the superstar of those teams. I mean, especially on defense. I mean, the way he and just directing the offense, and you know, everything that he did. I mean, he um, he definitely deserves to be on there. Um, you know, had a good long career as an elite player. And then a few years as a role player, you know, you know obviously for Miami and, and such. So, um, yeah, I, uh, he was a guy who I wasn't necessarily just I was afraid the numbers game was going to get him. But he ended up actually making it pretty comfortably. Uh, and then number 34, another newcomer, four newcomers in a row. Dirk Nowitzki. Um, we talked about him in the individual player episode. I mean, obviously re- helped reinvent, um, uh, you know, the um, power four position, you know, um, with, and obviously the game is sort of designed around the skills that he showed at in spacing the floor and, you know, pick and pop and just all that uh, great stuff. And, uh, you know, fierce competitor, uh, your favorite player, I believe. Yeah, my favorite player of all time. Yes, so the guy who I've already I've already bought my Bulls ticket to see him. I, every time he comes I, for the past like three years, I've been like, I gotta go every time Dallas comes to town because I don't know when uh, it's gonna be yeah, the last. I don't so, know. Yeah, it's it's hard to. So every single time I get there, we get there super early. Uh, once I got an autograph with him, he was not very nice, but that's fine. Well, <laughs> I think he was tired. You know, I, I and I don't do. I'm not like an autograph guy usually, but I was like, ah, it's Dirk. I gotta try. Sure. And like, yeah, he was fine, but it was nice. Very tall. It was nice. Very tall. Like yeah. you, you don't really. I, I was trying to tell people like if you've never met like an NBA player like stood next to one like at some point 
point you got to do it. Like we're up on the rails or whatever. Like it, like it's like a ramp, you know, to get down to your seats or whatever. And he's able to sign autographs for people that are in like the tenth row. Like it's just like it's insane. Like how tall these guys are. I know it's not breaking news or whatever, but like people don't understand like really what seven feet is really like until you meet a seven footer. It, it, it's crazy. But yeah, no, he he's just unbelievable. I mean, the, so much stuff there in terms of you know, like you said, the stats are there, the influence is there. He, he's had you know. MVPs, he's won a title, he's just had so much hardware, so much success, and, and just it just totally reinvented, like you said, the game, the position, and everything that, that comes with it. So yeah, he, he for me, was a no-doubter, you know, bias aside, but I think he, he absolutely deserves to be on this list. Yes, yes. Uh, number 35, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, number... Not a new entry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, I said not a new entry. Oh, yeah, not a new entry, no. Yeah. No, a guy who, shockingly, was on the original yeah, list. Who was on the original list is... But they were right. Like four they, seasons, they, but yeah, they were right to put them on. So, um, so good for them. Number uh, thirty-six, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, and um, n- not much controversy there. Um, I, uh, I guess the only thing with him is that he, uh, was a little bit the numbers-wise is a little bit lower than some of the other big men that then kind of his reputation might be. Um, I mean, he's still really, really good. I mean, he's still obviously easily on this list, but that was. Like the only thing kind of doing the research, I'm like, oh, you know, he's a little bit off of kind of what I expected based on like his reputation. I, mean, I think there are people who think he's like a, a top 10 player of all time. And, you, you know, I make the case it's fine, but it's he's a little bit lower on the list of big men, um, at least production wise than um, than you might think. You know, if you, you know, you, yeah, his numbers don't jump off yeah. as much as you sort of assume. You kind of go in thinking, oh, Kim Olajuwon, let's see where he ranks all time. And you're like, oh, 11th and 10th and like, yeah, eighth. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, it, all it, right. It, like, I kind of thought he'd be, you know, near the top and he's just sort of. He's not. He's he's you know again. He's top ten or he's top fifteen in most of the things. But you you expect him to really be you know that top five you know all time you know big man. And he's he's not quite there yet. Yeah, but, I mean he's or not yet. He's, I mean yeah, not quite there. I don't think he's gonna come back. No, he might. Like, I mean I th- I think we've seen the last of Akeem Olajuwon in the NBA court. Yeah, but, I mean uh, he obviously was terrific. He had so much grace and skill and and all that. Oh, so yeah. I mean you know maybe there are things the production doesn't measure. But that was just kind of a surprise coming out of mm-hmm. uh, that that I. That I wanted to mention. Uh, number 37, uh, Bob Pettit, a great uh, 50s and 60s star for the uh, St. Louis Hawks. Led them to a championship, the franchise's only championship. Uh, and uh, 38 um, m- might be a surprise to some people, but uh, although we made a pretty good, strong case for him on the uh, final argument show of Paul Pierce. Yeah, I, I think the argument shows a great way to sort of, if you haven't heard that and you're like, Paul Pierce, though, you really look at this guy's stats and look at his numbers and look at where he ranks among small forwards at his position. And I think in his era, too, he's a guy who doesn't, you know, again, he's a guy who doesn't jump off the page initially when you think about, you know, you think of Paul Pierce as a good winner and a good, you know, clutch player and a guy who's, you know, a good small forward. But when you really look at where where he ranks, you know, in terms of other small forwards, um, other guys in his era, uh, you, you know, even even break out the positions of his era. He's a guy who who ranks remarkably well, and I think almost shockingly well. He was a guy I did not expect to have on my list. You know, when we initially started doing the research for this, but once you do it and look at it and look at his case and look at his resume, I mean, he, he's he's definitely a good candidate for this. I mean, people are going to question it, but I think if you if you look at him, I think you'll you'll see why we put him here. Yeah, and if you look at his peak seven or eight seasons, I mean, they they stand tall with um you know the the players that you know were. Be his contemporaries. I mean, um, you know, Kobe, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. You know, maybe they're not the best of those, but they certainly stand, you know, pretty tall uh, among those. And um, like I said, I mean, the numbers are great, but beyond that, just the, um, you know, the, the stepping up in the big moments and um, you know, just kind of the the impact that he's had on the game. I I think. You know, I I see the I see other side arguments of you know maybe somebody that might be left off that might be ahead of him, but I think he's I, I think he's deserving. I think he's he's mm-hmm. a very good choice. So, um, number thirty nine, uh, Scotty Pippen. Um, we did we done a full episode on uh, Scotty before, but obviously incredible versatility and incredible defense. Um, you know, easy choice for the list. No no question about it whatsoever. Um, number forty, Oscar Robertson, uh, one of the greatest point guards of all time. Uh, number 41, David Robinson, um, great big man, um, great defense, great, you know, pretty much everything. And we've discussed it before, but a guy who numbers wise is even more, if you haven't looked at, is even more impressive than you might remember. Yeah, he, he doesn't get, he gets a shockingly like underrated reputation, uh, David Robinson. I, I don't know why. And we sort of talk about yeah. it 
Uh, I think at some points before, you know, he was too nice or, you know, maybe he didn't, which is just weird because like you get people that are like, oh, he didn't have the, t-. I mean, like, but he, I mean, it took Tim Duncan, of course, coming there, but yeah, he won a lot too, you know, later in life. And, and that's one of the things we figured out too is hell, the Spurs were really damn good when he was there. Like we all, everybody sort of thinks like the Spurs were kind of like, they were okay and just all right. And then, you know, they Duncan came and then they became legendary. I mean, he was winning 50 games with that team almost on a consistent basis. Their only really bad year was the year he was out and then, you know, that worked out pretty well for them. So, um, yeah, he, he's just, he's so good. I think do yourself a favor and look at David Robinson's career and look at his numbers and I think he'll be very very impressed yeah absolutely and um and then next another guy maybe um who people might you know Nazi on here might have some arguments with um a Dennis Rodman number 42 um and uh you know obviously the the thing with Rodman is you know wasn't didn't have much offensive production but um and you know as you, as you talked about just the greatness when it comes to defense and rebounding um just made it hard to not put him on this list yeah it's all right. i mean when those are two pillars of the game is you know being you know a good defender or being you know having good rebounders and he's one of the best at both of those i i couldn't leave him off the list i just couldn't i mean he's so 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 much uh, uh, just a great rebounder and you had the defense in there. It's just to me, he was, I mean, it, it's, it's a little weird. Cause I mean, would you, I think you said it was like 7.8 points per game or something like that. Is his career. Yeah. Something, something, yeah, something, something I mean, low, it's, yeah. it, it's shockingly low com- compared to other people on our list. But still, I think when you look at those other numbers and you look at the whole resume, I mean, I think he's a guy who deserves to be there. So absolutely. Um, speaking of guy who deserves to be there without much question, uh, number 43, Bill Russell, uh, number 44, uh, Dolph Shays, another great star from the fifties uh, who, um, uh, you played some for some really good Syracuse national teams, including the, uh, champion and I believe 55, um, and, uh, f- number 45, Bill Sharman, the shooting guard for the, uh, Boston Celtics really helped, um, kind of establish the shooting guard position also was a early pioneer when it came to, uh, conditioning and another, another guy who really the, um, advanced stats, uh, jump out as like a, a really big standard, obviously it was a really big winner, you know, being with the Celtics team. So not a hard choice, uh, there easier either. I, I he was g- kind of guy that we should have brought up a little bit in the, um, Nate Duncan episode when we talked about uh, Dwayne Wade, cause I think he's another guy who's kind of in that, mm-hmm. in that category for one of the, you know, certainly top case for top five, top six shooting card of all time. And, uh, number 46, uh, John Stockton, um, obviously assist leader of all time, you know, with, with, uh, Malone, you know, one of the great tandems, just, um, you know, great defense, great assist, uh, great, great, great point guard overall. Um, number 47, Isaiah Thomas, who uh, we talked about a lot in the final argument show, despite the lack of advanced stats, but you kind of just felt that, um, you know, giving him, you have to give him a lot of credit for, um, be, being able to kind of lead that Pistons team to championships and just the, the difficult shots that he did in the, you know, his overall production and scoring and, um, and, and passing just, you know, made him deserving of the list. Mm-hmm. Good longevity too. I, I think maybe an underrated longevity. I mean, yeah. really, really good. You know, he did. It, it wasn't those Pistons teams didn't win right away, but he was pretty good almost from the beginning. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the longevity is. I mean, we sort of forget that there was an era before the Bad Boys or whatever where Isaiah was still pretty damn good too. Yes. So yeah, he, he definitely. I think everybody sort of assumes, or maybe not everybody, but you know what I mean. Like you sort of think that the Pistons really got going, you know, and in a lot of ways they became a successful team, you know, once that Bad Boy thing happened. But he was there for for quite a few years before that and was still very productive and a good part yeah, of that they, team. On the rise, so, absolutely, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, number forty-eight, uh, West Unseld, uh, great uh, Washington Bullet star of the seventies, uh, and I mean another guy where the number, me, the numbers don't quite pop off, but just all the other stuff, and you know, and he, he did win an MVP. He had, um, you know, a great rebounder. Um, you know, another guy, a little bit on the kind of the Rodman side, where maybe um, the number, you know, the production doesn't quite tell you everything but just the you know he was on so many winning teams and was um you know had so many great skills that you know deserves to be on this list and uh number 49 our last newcomer is uh Dwayne Wade um one of the top you know three or four shooting guards probably of all time um you know another guy who might be able to write a little bit more of his career depending on how his um health goes but um you know Definitely, uh, definitely belongs, you know, three championships, um, and the, the best or second best player on those teams, just, uh, you know, uh, incredible resume. 
Yep. Absolutely. And uh, our last and not least, number 50, uh, Jerry West, uh, the Great Lakers uh, star, uh, Mr. Clutch, uh, who uh, led his team to the finals so many times before finally breaking through the uh, last time in uh, uh, 72 um, with one of the greatest single season teams of all time. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, he's the logo. You know, <laughs> Yeah, he's a goddamn yeah, logo. Come exactly. on. <laughs> so. So yeah, so, um, yeah, and you know, I checked. You referenced it earlier, but I, I sort of looked at the, like the positional balance of this list to just just give it a uh, a shot. And I kind of looked at what you know main position they played. Obviously, some guys play multiple positions, but we have uh, ten point guards, nine shooting guards, ten small forwards, ten power forwards, and eleven centers. So that's you know almost ten per position. So I think that's a, a, a fairly good balance. And like I said, we weren't thinking we were going to do that it just happened to kind of work out that way yeah know, that's so. crazy I mean, it's like a really really good balance of without really trying at all so that, that's i'll take that that's pretty good and then i looked at um i also looked at at per decade so um you you would get uh you get one point if your prime was pretty much in that decade and then a half a point if you split two decades so we have 5.5 in the 50s 6.5 in the 60s 7.5 in the 70s 7.5 in the 80s and then 10.5 in the 90s and 12.5 in the 2000s, which goes all the way to 2015. So um, that explains why that's a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is pretty heavy 90s and 2000s. I think that might be one thing that, you know, you could look at a list and, and wonder, you know, if we definitely made the right decisions there. I, I will say that, you know, obviously, you know, as the league has gotten bigger, there are more teams, there are more chances for more players to have more opportunities. I mean, in the 50s and 60s, you basically have like, you know, a league with 80 to 100 players. And now, of course, you have a league with, you know, 400 to 450 players. Exactly. So where you get guys like Sam Jones, who who arguably probably, I mean, could have been a star on, you know, it, it, you know, right. if you put Sam Jones in today's game, and that's a guy who could, you know, get, couldn't get more than twenty, you know, three minutes with the Celtics or whatever. But you put him on, you know, the Sacramento Kings of, or, you know, today or whatever, and he's their top star, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, so that's it's just the difference of expansion and, and different players sure. and that sort of stuff. So, so I, I'm sure there were guys that were just sitting on benches, like, hey, I could really, really good, but eh, whatever. Just never got the opportunities to really do it. Whereas now, pretty much anybody that's going to be great has the opportunity to be great. It, it's easier to get that opportunity, absolutely. So I, I think that given that given those facts i think it does make some sense for us to have more players in the last 20 30 years um mm-hmm. i i think there, that does make a degree of sense and maybe it's a little bit unbalanced but i i think it's pretty close i mean we yeah that could be our, our our you know there's a few things that lead to that as well um in terms of you know our bias as well being you know our ages or whatever that's the era we grew up with so you know there's some guys we probably appreciate a little bit more and i think also when we because of this we did a lot of advanced stat stuff and and more and more when you look at advanced stats it 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 definitely benefits the current guys and the current guys the stats are sort of made to sort of it, it, I don't know exactly the way to say yeah. it, but if you look at these stats, they sort of they, they value things that we value today in NBA. You, yeah. you know, like where a guy like a Bob Cousy or whatever, no one really cared that he was, you know, shooting, you know, missed, you know, 10 of his shots or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas now it's we're so hyper focused on, you know, efficiency and this sort of stuff where it just wasn't that big of a deal then. We're now so you get those stats where we're sort of making the stats for what we consider elite NBA players right now. And maybe that wasn't what was considered elite in the 60s or the 70s or the 50s. Or whatever. It wasn't things that they appreciated quite as much. I mean, baseball, you get that all the time with on base percentage. Like we look at. We look at guys right now with like all time great on base percentages or whatever. And, the, you know, guys didn't care about that back in the day. They didn't know what it was. It wasn't like a taking walks wasn't something they valued or whatever. And that's that's sort of how we looked at, you know, long twos and that sort of stuff or icky and weird for us. But back then, you know, yeah, well, it, it made sense. And those obviously made sense in a game that didn't have three pointers in a game where, you know, the field exactly. goal percentage so was, was different. And yeah, I mean, there's there are there's lots of difference. There, there's a lot of, you know, perils of comparing among different areas. Which I, I think we did a good job of. We, we certainly looked at the numbers and that was a heavy part of our focus, but you know, we looked at a lot of different things. We looked at, you know, what kind of their reputation at the time, you know, their all NBA numbers, you know, awards, team success. I mean, and, and that's, you know, that, that is an easy thing for um, I, I, Curtis Harris. I think he, he tweeted this where it's like it's pretty easy to make a list of 35 and it's pretty easy to make a list of like the top 70. But the top 50 is kind of is difficult. And, it was hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and then that's sort of the, the thing. Like you could kind of I mean, obviously, like the absolute super duper stars are going to stand out because of, you know, all those things are they're basically going to be captured by 
all or almost all of the, you know, the team success, the individual numbers, the individual plaudits and, you know, just what you can see based on your eye. I mean, all those things are going to stand out. There are but there are once you get past those, you know, tippy top guys, then it becomes a little bit harder. You know, just I mean, you can obviously tell if somebody's good a lot of times, but you know, how good, how much what they do actually matters. Some of it is obviously captured by numbers. Some of it isn't. It's, you know, um, and, and I think we did a good job of like uh, of taking into consideration all those different facets of things and not just focusing on like not just saying, oh, the numbers say this. So this is what it is. I mean, you know, we definitely use the numbers as evidence and I think it's proper to do. But I, you know, I, I we didn't live by dive for them. I, I mean, we included guys who didn't necessarily have the strong numbers because we just felt like other things, you know, I uh, trumped that. And so I, I I feel good that we approach it in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, as mentioned, uh, the hashtag OB50, if you have any thoughts on this, if you think we're idiots, who you disagreed with, who you think we definitely missed out. I think that's going to be fun to see guys that people are going to be like, oh, my God, you guys didn't even mention him. Or like, what about this guy or whatever? Because I'm sure there's going to be guys that that have very good cases that maybe we we just completely overlooked. I, I think we did a pretty solid idea, uh, you know, job and pretty well got everybody. But I'm sure there's going to be some guys here and there where they're like, hey, look at this guy's case or whatever. And we welcome that. That'll be cool because, A, I can learn more about, you know, that guy. And then maybe, you know, the next time we do this in 15 years or whatever, the hell we do again we can uh we can look at that guy and go, you know what? yeah remember when that guy said we should put him on there so that uh yeah i have wishful thinking here Jason. Sure. this is gonna be a long thing forever well, going, so. the, the nba I, i'm guessing they'll probably do a 75th anniversary team like in 2021 that'd be yeah, yeah. that would be what they would do so maybe, should we plan it already maybe, we'll maybe we can revisit uh okay. it, it a little bit uh then you know see where anthony davis stacks up or uh or, or what have you but um yeah, yeah it's, it's been fun i mean i um you, we've gotten some good feedback already obviously i um um, appreciate all your work, Rich, on um, doing this. I know it was work for both of us, and um, it, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, the um, the ob50 ob50 hashtag. If you want to, uh, you know, uh, tweet us at over and back NBA. Also, we're on Facebook um, at over and back NBA, um, over and back NBA.com. We also are, of course, our home is Harvard Paroxysm. Dot com. We are part of the HPB uh, network of uh, podcasts. Uh, appreciate a rating and a review either on our own iTunes feed or on the the HP network feed. Uh, e- either or both would be awesome. That would be a, a great way. If you've been enjoying the uh, podcast, it's a great way to uh, to give back a little bit and uh, give us a rating review on iTunes and let people know um, how awesome we are. Hopefully you think we're awesome. If you've been listening to all these episodes today <laughs> and you don't like us, that doesn't say much about you or us, I guess. So, uh, so Rich, um, I guess that's it. That's it. It's over. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back in soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.